Hello, and thank you for tuning in to the Trip Hacks DC podcast. My name is Rob. I'm a tour guide and the founder of Trip Hacks DC Tours. If this is your first time listening, welcome. If you're a longtime listener, welcome back. Trip Hacks DC is a podcast, YouTube channel, and tour company. My goal is to give you the best tips, tricks, and travel hacks for exploring Washington, D.C. If you want to check out the show notes from this episode, you can do that over at triphacksdc.com slash podcast. And while you're over there, you'll find info about guided tours and more. This is going to be a solo episode, just me, to address a question that a lot of my tour customers have been curious about lately. Is Washington, D.C. tourism coming back? Or more specifically, how is Triphex DC tour business going this year? The answer to that question is travel is sort of back, and Triphex DC tours are kind of back. It's complicated. It's complicated enough that I felt like I needed an entire podcast episode to really explain what's going on. 2021 has been one of the weirdest, wildest, and hardest years since I started as a tour guide almost nine years ago. That said, This is not a happy or feel-good story. I'm not going to sugarcoat in this episode. If you want to know what DC tourism was like in 2021, I'm going to tell you exactly what it was like. I know that's a little different for most TripHacks DC content, which I try to keep as positive and upbeat as possible, but I feel like it's the only way to accurately paint the picture of what it's been like here in the trenches. Now, let me start by saying that 2021 was better than 2020. I think everyone is grateful about that. But if we're honest, being better than 2020 is a very low bar to clear. If things weren't better than the disaster of 2020, we'd all be out of business, including me. But there are also a lot of misleading headlines out there about how travel and tourism is booming again. And it looks that way on the surface because the headlines are comparing this year to 2020. What really matters is how things compare to 2019. Because at the end of the day, when you own a business, you want to grow that business. So that's why I don't compare things to 2020. I compare it to 2019, which had been the best year for TripHex DC, and for many tour companies in DC, quite honestly. To give you an answer as to whether Washington DC tourism is coming back, I feel like I have to walk you through each month of the year and explain what happened. 2021 was a very bumpy year, and to truly understand the dynamic, you kind of have to wrap your head around what we dealt with at every step along the way. So what I'm going to do in this episode is go through, month by month, what has happened both in terms of TripHex DC tours and the overall tourism industry here. And I will tell you how much TripHex DC tour business was up or down compared to that same month in 2019. That means I'll compare January 2021 to January 2019, February 2021 to February 2019, etc. Because there's no value to be had by telling you tour business was up infinity percent because there were entire months in 2020 when I didn't sell a single tour. So, let's start at the beginning. New Year's. I remember watching the Times Square New Year's celebration on TV and feeling kind of sad Seeing those tiny crowds and lack of energy was kind of depressing, but also the perfect metaphor for the year we just had. And I suppose it was nice to feel like we were turning a page, even if it was just an arbitrary date on the calendar. If you remember, the first COVID vaccine doses were delivered a few weeks prior and given exclusively at the time to healthcare workers. 
so there was reason to believe it was only a matter of time before COVID was behind us. In hindsight, it was naive to think that once the vaccine became widely available, everyone would happily take it and COVID would be behind us. But at the time, after the disastrous year we just had, I think a lot of people in tourism really wanted to believe it, to believe that brighter days were ahead. Now, whatever feelings were felt on New Year's Day didn't last for long. January was bad. Very bad. It's not a stretch to say that January 2021 was, without a doubt, the worst month I've ever experienced in Washington, D.C. I'm not going to belabor what happened on January 6th. Everyone who works in tourism knew January 6th was going to be bad. The Hotel Harrington knew it was going to be bad because they closed their entire hotel down that week. I knew it was going to be bad because of the number of dark and extremely disturbing comments some videos on my YouTube channel were getting. That said, I don't think anyone expected it to be as horrifically bad as it really was. Most tour companies, including TripHacks DC, preemptively closed down that week. So I was inside on January 6th, watching everything live, in horror, on TV. I've walked to the grounds of the Capitol thousands of times. I've gone to the Visitor Center plenty of times. Tour guides don't work inside the building the same way that Hill staffers do, but it's fair to say we work there too, just in a different capacity. If you don't live here, it's really impossible to describe the tension that was in the air over the next few weeks. First, they brought in the fence and built a perimeter around the Capitol building. Then, they brought in a bigger fence. Then, barbed wire. Then, the National Guard. And more National Guard. And more National Guard. On the one hand, it was good to see how serious they were taking the situation. On the other hand, the militarization of that area that I'd taken people to see and enjoy so many times was incredibly dark. During the two weeks before Inauguration Day, it was basically impossible to focus on anything else. I didn't record a podcast episode that month. I took multiple weeks off in a row from posting videos on the YouTube channel, something I'd never done before. Basically, the only thing I posted on social media were updates to say that I wasn't posting anything on social media, because honestly, what could I even say? There was nothing happy, nothing inspiring, nothing about what was happening that I wanted to put out into the world. Inauguration Day on January 20th did not feel happy. It did not have that vibe in the air where people were excited about a new chapter. It was an incredible sigh of relief, but that was about it. I did watch more TV that day, I think, than I ever had before. I was basically glued to the TV from 8 a.m. until I went to sleep, watching coverage, I guess somehow, making sure that what I was seeing was real and actually happening. So that's all I'll say about that. January was truly a terrible month. Almost every tourist site was closed, and I gave no tours. So, TripHacks DC tour revenue in January 2021 compared to January 2019 was down 100%. Moving on, it's important to reiterate that Washington DC tourism is seasonal, and historically, February is by far the slowest month of the year. So my focus was not on February. To me, the important thing was that things improve as much as possible before March, because historically that's when the busy tour season starts. Incredibly, I did give one tour in February. It was a private tour. It was a couple who had traveled in for a short trip because they wanted to get away, which I totally get, but I have to be honest, I felt kind of bad for them. In February, there was very little open, and very little that you could do as a tourist. Basically, everything you could do was outdoors. 
and February is not exactly a great outdoor month here. On the bright side, they got to go and have one of the most exclusive monuments tours that I think I've ever given, with almost nobody else around when we were out. Now, one of the worst things about February was that even though inauguration had come and gone, the massive fence around the Capitol was still up. The National Guard was still in town, and there was really no end in sight to any of it. I remember one Saturday, I took my dog for a long walk over to the Capitol to see what was going on. When I walked up to the fence, a couple of National Guard troops came over, and they were overly joyed to see my dog. If you've watched Trip Hacks DC videos or follow on Instagram, I have included him a few times, so you know he's like a small, cute city dog who loves attention, so people like when I take him places. Anyway... These guys were so excited to see the dog and pet him through the fence, and it just made me realize how boring and tedious it must be for them. I got to chatting and found out these guys were from Kentucky, and they'd been in D.C. for a few weeks already. One of the guys got to telling me about his two dogs back home and how he was looking forward to getting back. And I think the saddest part was that he was saying that it felt like they didn't even really have a clear mission anymore. Obviously, everybody knew what needed to happen for Inauguration Day, but after that... What exactly was left? I've never served in the military or the Guard, but I know plenty of people who are active duty or veterans. Plus, as a history buff, I've studied plenty of military history. And I know that one of the hardest things is for folks to serve when they don't have a crystal clear mission. So it really was just an all-around sad moment, and one that I really hoped would be over sooner rather than later. As far as Tripex DC tours, a really interesting thing is that since February is historically such a slow month, February 2021 was actually flat compared to February 2019. I gave one tour in February each year. But one tour is just one tour, and a tour company is not made by what happens in February. So that leads into March. Historically, March is an incredibly important month because it's when we switch from the cold, gray off-season to spring break and cherry blossom season. The National Cherry Blossom Festival always starts on March 20th, and the weeks of the Cherry Blossom Festival are some of the busiest weeks for tourism of the entire year. Now, going into March this year, we knew not to have high expectations for cherry blossom season. Unlike in 2020, the Cherry Blossom Festival did have some things planned, but they were virtual or socially distanced events not the same as the real thing. The big wild card when it came to the cherry blossoms was the actual cherry blossoms themselves. In 2020, COVID hit right before the trees bloomed, and enough people went down to the Tidal Basin anyway that the National Park Service closed down the entire park, which was an unprecedented thing to do. But I understand why they did it in 2020. We knew almost nothing about COVID back then. We didn't know how it spread, how deadly it was, and we definitely weren't using masks back then. So it seemed that given that it's outdoors, which we know at this point is lower risk, and we all have masks, which lowers the risks even more, they couldn't possibly close down the entire park again, right? Well, the frustrating thing was the general lack of communication. By March 1st, the tourism industry was begging for the park service to give us anything to work with. If they were going to do timed tickets, give us details so we could adjust for that. If they were going to close down the Tidal Basin entirely, tell us now so we could plan around it. Unfortunately, we never got very clear communications. Instead, what the Park Service said was that they would let people come to the Tidal Basin, but if things got too out of hand, they would close it down. But then they never defined what too out of hand meant or what it would take for that to happen. 
So unfortunately, that meant a lot of us had to plan for the worst case scenario. I extended my winter tour into March and April. The winter tour is only two hours long and it does not include the tidal basin. My logic was that even if there's a worst case scenario and the tidal basin gets closed, I could still at least do the monuments on the northern side of the park. I know other tour companies made similar adjustments. Basically, given the vague threat that the tidal basin might be closed, we had to plan assuming it would be closed. The park service never actually closed it, of course. I could have offered my full tour, but alas, what was done was done. Now, one thing I try to tell people every year is that you can't time peak cherry blossom bloom, and it's not even worth trying. And that advice definitely held up in 2021. In fact, it was even worse in 2021 because if you timed it wrong and you missed peak bloom, there wasn't a lot else to do as many of the tourist sites were still closed. The initial peak bloom predictions were wrong by about one week. Peak bloom was originally forecast for April 1st, but after a few very, very warm days toward the end of March, peak bloom came about a week early. So if you're thinking about trying to time the blossoms this year or anytime in the future, don't bother. Come when you can come, don't expect to see them in peak bloom, and be pleasantly surprised if you do. One more thing I'll say about March is that this is when folks in the tourism industry started to feel a lot of anxiety about getting their COVID vaccine. The first vaccines had been administered over three months prior, first to healthcare workers, which everyone was on board with, then to seniors, which was fine, then to folks with weakened immune systems, but then it got into these tiers where it was like, if you work this kind of job, you can come on this week. If you work this other type of job, you have to wait until the following week. Of course, they never include tour guides on any of these lists, so we had no idea when we were eligible, if we were eligible to go in with one of the other groups or what. March was when a lot of people, including me, were doing a lot of browser refreshing, trying to get an appointment, and in some cases, people drove very far distances to get their first shot. The whole thing was chaotic. There's no other way to describe it. I did not get an appointment in March, though it felt like a lot of people I knew did. As for TripHacks DC tours, March was bad. Even though I had plenty of availabilities on the calendar, none of them got booked. I gave no tours. Not one. March 2021 compared to March 2019 was down 100%. Going into April, things were looking pessimistic. In the first three months of the year, I had given one single tour. Tourism was clearly not coming back yet. By April 1st, almost all the big tourist sites were still closed. Really, the only things that had reopened were the outdoor sites. Restaurant capacity was still at 25%. Private museums said they would open in April, but there was still no word from the Smithsonian about reopening. So at this point, you could come to D.C. and go to Arlington Cemetery, the outdoor sculpture gardens, take a tour of the monuments, and get tickets to a private museum, but a lot was still off the table. I don't blame anyone for canceling or postponing their spring trip. I wouldn't have come to D.C. from out of town in early April either. And as much as it pained me when people asked if they should cancel or postpone an April trip, I said yes. Now, one positive thing that did happen in April is that after weeks of refreshing and sorting through the confusing rules about vaccine eligibility, I finally got a vaccine appointment. I got my shot the first week in April, and I got the Johnson & Johnson, which wound up being a bit unfortunate, mostly because it turned out that the J&J was not quite as good as the others. That said, at the time, the guidance was still to get whatever you could. Don't be picky, and given how chaotic everything was up to that point, I was happy I got it at all. The hope, at least at the time, 
was that with all the people getting their shots in April, maybe there would be a travel recovery come May. As for TripHax DC tours, April was not good. I did give a few tours at the beginning of the month, toward the end of the peak bloom, but the rest of the month was a dud. April 2021 compared to April 2019 was down 83%. And that was especially painful because typically the two busiest months of the year for tours are July and April. So to have such a huge swing and a miss in April 2021 did not bode well for the rest of the year. Moving into May, there were actually several important changes that happened that looked promising for travel. The first was that Smithsonian announced their initial plan for reopening. The Udvar-Hazy Center in Virginia opened first on May 5th. And then the plan was for one or two museums to reopen every Friday over the course of the next several weeks. The biggest caveat was that capacity was not back to 100%, and timed tickets were required for all of the Smithsonian sites. The National Gallery of Art also partially reopened. Looking back on it, this was all still very restrictive, but I think after so many months of everything being completely closed down, we were thrilled to be getting even this. The second important change that happened in May was that the mask rules were revised and masks were now required only indoors. So for outdoor activities, as long as you were vaccinated, you didn't need the mask. And if you go back and watch the live streams I did on the DC YouTube channel during March and April, you'll see I have a mask on in all of them, and then the first time I didn't was when I did the Georgetown live walk in May. And finally, the last important change that happened was that capacity restrictions at restaurants were lifted on May 21st. Prior to this, restaurants could only let a percentage of capacity eat inside, and lots of people, including me, were only doing outdoor dining anyway. But this May 21st change meant that maybe we would start to see a rebound for the restaurants. One more important thing that happened during May was that I made the decision to bring back the Monumental Trivia Tour for 2021. The Monumental Trivia Tour is a public tour, which means that unlike my private tours, you buy one ticket for each person in your group and share the tour with other travelers. Speaking as a tour company owner, public tours are challenging to make work because I really need at least six people signed up for a tour for that tour to be profitable. I had tried to bring this tour back when I reopened in July 2020, but it became clear pretty quickly that there was no demand and that I would not be able to get six people on each tour, so I closed it back down pretty quick. Trying again for 2021 was a big gamble, but I really hoped it would work. So, I put the trivia tour on the calendar. Every Saturday morning and Wednesday evening from Memorial Day weekend through Labor Day weekend which meant that the first trivia tour would be the last Saturday in May. That tour had three people signed up, and unfortunately, it didn't even run. Two customers showed up but decided, before we even got started, that they didn't want to do it after all. And the third person didn't show up at all. So, not off to a great start. As for DC tours, the May numbers were not good. May 2021 compared to May 2019 was down... 69%. Now, I have to pause the story here to say that at this point, I was feeling incredibly down about the state of things. At this moment, it was very hard to feel optimistic about 2021. For the past year, grifters in the travel industry, mostly folks selling B2B or business-to-business services, kept hammering the line about how people have been cooped up and they're desperate to travel, 
how there is so much pent-up demand out there, and one day the floodgates would burst open and we would all be swimming in tourism riches. And yet, from my perspective, this was not happening, not even in the slightest. So again, we turned the calendar to a new month. By June, it felt like at least we were on a linear path to reopening. Every week, a few more museums and sites reopened. Capacity restrictions on all remaining businesses were lifted on June 11th, which meant that the Washington Nationals, for example, could sell out their entire ballpark if enough people wanted to go. Things were getting better, and there was actually enough open in Washington, D.C. by this point that you could come here and have a pretty good trip. That said, not everything was reopened. Smithsonian Museums, even among those that had reopened, only opened their doors five days per week, not seven, and they still all required timed tickets. I know this was frustrating for a lot of people, especially those who aren't traditionally trip planners. Not to mention that the fence around the Capitol was still up all these months later, and it was really starting to weigh on everybody, especially because, as far as anyone could tell, there was still no end in sight. My advice, at the time, was that you could come and have a great trip to D.C. if you planned ahead, and if you got all your tickets and reservations in place and had realistic expectations. I know that wasn't appealing to everybody, but for others, it worked just fine. Now, remember how I told you that that first monumental trivia tour of the season was kind of a bust? The second Saturday was no better. This time, I only had one single person signed up. Some tour companies won't run a tour with only a single person, because it's a total money loser. But I've always committed to being better than that, to give the best possible tour, no matter who or how many sign up. So I headed out to the National Mall, and the single customer was a no-show. I'm not going to lie, this one stung. It stung bad, particularly because the night before I had gotten a last-minute request for a private tour. They wanted to go out on Saturday, but only had a limited window of time, which overlapped with the time I was supposed to give the Monumental Trivia Tour. So when I realized I could have given that tour if only the ticket had been canceled rather than a no-show, it felt really lousy. I just couldn't believe how unlucky this was. So... The Triphex DC Monumental Trivia Tour was off to a rocky start, but the positive was that people were starting to sign up for private tours again. June 2021, compared to June 2019, was down 29%. Still down, but thanks to those private tours, at least by a shrinking amount. Which brings us to July. Typically, July is the busiest month of the year for tours, and things actually did look pretty good going into the month and it looked like things might finally turn around because the week before the 4th of July, I was fully booked on both private tours and the Monumental Trivia Tour. If there was going to be a turning point for 2021, I was really hoping that this would be it. Unlike last year's 4th of July, or this year's Cherry Blossom Festival, the messaging was not the cagey, please enjoy the virtual events from home stuff. No. For Independence Day, the messaging this time was clear. Come out, Enjoy yourself, enjoy the fireworks, and have fun. Going into the holiday weekend, DC really did have a different vibe. The air felt lighter. People were happy. People were having fun. People were excited about the rest of the summer. The Washington Nationals had, I believe, their only sellout game of the season that weekend. And I was happy to be fully booked for the first time in a long time. I don't know why this happened, 
But after a great week leading up to Independence Day, on July 5th, everything just dried up. There were noticeably fewer people around. Availabilities that I had on the tour calendar came and went with no one booked on them. And I finally pulled the plug on the Saturday morning trivia tour because it just wasn't working. Remember that July is typically the busiest tour month of the year. So I started the month thinking that this was going to be the case again, but come July 5th, sentiment changed dramatically. Also, did you know that we had a tornado in July? It was absolutely wild. It was listed as an EF1 tornado with winds up to 90 miles per hour. It came straight down Constitution Avenue, right past the Lincoln Memorial, a spot where I spent plenty of time. Thankfully, no one was hurt, but there was plenty of wind damage in that area. Anyway, a few other positive things did happen in July. The first is that Metro extended their hours until midnight, which was a very important improvement because closing early meant that it was really hard for people in the service industry, like folks who work at restaurants, to get around. And by extension, I think that really hurt a lot of the bars and restaurants. The second is that Smithsonian ditched their timed tickets on July 20th. This one kind of came out of left field. I wasn't expecting it, and I don't think a lot of others were expecting it this early. I don't know if it's because July wound up being a lot slower than anticipated or what, but I think it was a big deal because it was a signal that things were that much closer to being quote-unquote back to normal. Another really big thing that happened in July is that after a little more than six months of the fence around the Capitol, it finally came down. Again, for reasons that are hard to describe in words, there was so much tension in the air when the fence went up, and an incredible sense of relief when it finally came down. The Capitol Visitor Center still didn't reopen, but at least the most visible reminder of the worst month was gone. As for Tripax DC Tours, July was probably the most disappointing month yet. July 2021 compared to July 2019 was down 50%. That's not technically as big a percentage as some of the previous months, but it's the most disappointing because it felt like it had the potential to be a comeback month. One thing I'll say about July is that up to that point, everything was trending in the right direction. Things were reopening, COVID cases were falling, the indoor mask mandate for the first time in over a year had been lifted, and well, that didn't last for very long because going into August, we started hearing about the Delta variant. COVID cases started going up again, and the indoor mask rules came right back. A few more steps towards reopening happened in August. The Washington Monument reopened, so you could get tickets to go to the top again. This is not one of my personal favorite things to do, but I was glad that it was back. The final Smithsonian Museums also reopened in August, culminating with the National Postal Museum reopening on August 27th. And with that, Smithsonian was reopened. I say kind of, because even though Smithsonian had been reopening museums throughout the summer, they were not back to full hours. I believe only the Udvar-Hazy Center in Virginia and the National Zoo reopened for daily operation. All of the other museums on the National Mall were still open only five days per week, not seven. Now, remember that F1 tornado from July I told you about? Well, August weather was just as wild. This time, it was a huge thunderstorm, not a tornado but a huge lightning strike at the Washington Monument. There is a viral video online if you want to seek it out, and it is pretty incredible. It's not uncommon for lightning to strike the Washington Monument, but this particular storm was so severe that it did some pretty significant damage. 
The National Park Service said the strike damaged the electronic access system, which I assume means the system that provides power to the monument. So as quickly as it reopened, the Washington Monument closed back down while they raided for parts to make the repair. Some good news to come out of August was that I finally had a new tour guide, Christine, who I was training to take over the monumental trivia tour in the fall. In a typical year, I'd want to have any new tour guides trained up and ready to go by Memorial Day so that they could lead summer tours. But everything was so delayed this year that I was just happy she would be ready for Labor Day instead. Personally, I was happy to have the monumental trivia tour off my plate and switch my focus back to running the business and giving private tours. While I love the trivia tour and I designed the entire thing from scratch myself, it just felt like it was a bit cursed in 2021. Speaking of tours, Tripex DC tours were down 9% in August 2021 compared to August 2019. That's the smallest decrease yet, single digits. And August wound up being a better month for tours than July, go figure. Now, the beginning of September kind of had me on edge. Right as we turned the calendar to September, I started getting tour cancellations again. Messages that people were canceling their trips because of the Delta variant. Now, I don't blame anyone for the choices they make. Everyone needs to look out for themselves and their families. But I was really frustrated by what felt like another gut punch when we hadn't even gotten back up yet. The silver lining of this is that a lot of the dates that were initially canceled were eventually rebooked by someone else. So they didn't have a huge impact in the end. I also started getting questions by email and comments on Facebook from people asking if I thought that things would close down again like they did a year earlier. You might not even know this, but a decent number of Washington, D.C. sites actually did reopen in the summer and fall of 2020, but then they all closed back down around Thanksgiving when there was a huge COVID case spike. So my answer to the question about whether I thought they would close down again was that anything was possible, but I didn't think it was likely, and ultimately I was at least right about that. Christine took over the trivia tour in September, which was a huge load off my back. One thing we talked about at the beginning of the month was how uncertain things were. September is historically a slow month, so combine that with an already slow year, plus the Delta variant, plus who knows what else, and there was a real possibility that September tours might be a bust. Fortunately, the worst case did not become a reality, and tours kind of hummed along. I also launched TripHacks DC Insiders in September. This is a membership program on YouTube where members get perks like live chats with me, early access to tours, and a few other things. I also rearranged my content calendar a bit at this time. When TripHacksDC launched in 2017, the YouTube schedule was one new video per week from March through April, then one new video every other week from September through February. Basically, when demand for videos was high, I posted more often, and when demand was low, I posted less often. In 2021, I started experimenting with live walks. I was pleasantly surprised with how much people liked these, so I decided that starting in September, I would post a recorded video every other week, but then instead of just having off weeks, I would do a live stream on those weeks instead. Now, honestly, TripHacks DC Insiders has been kind of underwhelming so far. I'm thrilled that anyone is willing to spend a few bucks for extra access and perks. That said, I said from the beginning that it would be a pilot program this winter, and if it is still underwhelming in the spring, then I'll probably discontinue it. So, if you want to become an insider, head over to the YouTube channel and sign up. 
because the only way I know people want it is if they sign up. On a personal note, I took my own first trip in 18 months in September, a weekend trip to New York City. I love traveling to New York City. It's one of my all-time favorite travel destinations because no matter how many times you've been there before, it feels like there's always something new to do. And I'll have a podcast episode out soon about how I travel if you're curious about hearing more about that. The biggest difference between D.C. and New York in September was that New York had proof of vaccination rules, whereas D.C. at the time did not. I was really curious to see how this worked in practice, and especially because if we eventually copied it here, that would be good to know. Honestly, it seemed like it worked perfectly well. When I went out to eat at a restaurant or get a drink at a bar, someone looked at my vaccination card on the way in, the same way they would check ID when you're going to a bar or someplace like that to drink. So that said, as far as Tripax DC tours, they were down 6% in September 2021 compared to September 2019. So again, the loss kept getting smaller, but it's still, at the end, a lower number. Now, my own trip was perhaps a foreshadowing of what was to come for October. It turns out that a lot of people were in the same boat as me, in the sense that they had not traveled in a long time, and they were taking their first trip since the before times. Personally, October is my favorite month in D.C. Spring is great, with the cherry blossoms and the blooms, but it's usually so crowded that it's hard to enjoy. And summer has a lot going on, but it's so hot and humid that it wears you down fast. But October is usually a great compromise where stuff is happening, but there are smaller crowds and much better weather. I am happy to report that October was, for the first time in 2021, a month with positive numbers. Tripex DC tours were up 45% in October 2021 compared to October 2019. That said, a lot of that was front-loaded at the beginning of the month, probably coinciding with when schools had their fall break. By the end of October, things had slowed down again, and that continued into November. Now, something good to come out of November was that the various holiday events started announcing that they were back for 2021. After having very little to do for the holidays in 2020, this felt like a big win. The two exceptions were zoo lights at the National Zoo and season's greetings at the U.S. Botanic Garden. The zoo said they couldn't do zoo lights again because of COVID, which, frankly, doesn't pass the sniff test. I have other theories about why they canceled zoo lights, but since they're just theories and not facts, I won't say them on this podcast. The Botanic Garden said the building is still closed because it's part of the Capitol Complex, which is still mostly closed. However, they did move the model trains outdoors and set up outdoor decorations that they hadn't done in the past. I did not have high expectations for the outdoor trains, but when I did get to see them, I changed my mind. They were pretty awesome. Another big win for November was that the Futures exhibit opened at the Smithsonian's Arts and Industries building. I had been hearing about this all year, but honestly, given how slowly Smithsonian moved to reopen, I kind of expected it would get delayed. But it opened on time, on November 20th. I didn't go that opening weekend, but did check it out in December. It's not the biggest exhibit, but still cool and worth a visit, especially because it's a limited time only deal. I also got my booster vaccine in November. Since I had gotten the Johnson & Johnson back in April, I was eligible for an early booster. I got the Moderna this time and was quite pleased with that, since the Moderna is considered to be the best one. As far as tours, November started off very slow. It wasn't until the week of Thanksgiving that things really picked up. 
Typically, I take it easy the week of Thanksgiving, but this year I decided to push hard that week, and it paid off. I gave seven private tours in seven days, including two private back-to-back tours on Black Friday. So, thanks to a very busy Thanksgiving week, TripHex DC tours were up 4% in 2021 compared to 2019. Not a big number, but a positive one nonetheless. The second positive number of the year. Which brings us to December. The big wild card for December was the Omicron variant, which brought another wave of uncertainty. Just like with Delta, I got some cancellations. But unlike what happened with Delta, those canceled tours did not get rebooked. Washington, D.C. had its biggest COVID spike about a week before Christmas. And when you look at it on the chart, it is absolutely massive, way bigger than the previous two spikes. Omicron aside, with most of the Christmas and holiday events back, this year felt a lot closer to normal than last year. It was nice to watch the holiday boat parade and to see people ice skating at the various ice rinks around town again. I'm recording this the last day of the year, so tours for 2021 are closed out at this point. And with that said, December 2021 was down 26% compared to 2019. In the end, the final accounting for 2021 is 9 months down, 2 months up, and 1 month flat. And comparing tours for the entire year, 2021 will end down 36% compared to 2019. So what do I make of all of this? On the one hand, being down 36% this year is a huge improvement over 2020 when I was down 89%. But on the other hand, being down 36% is also still really awful and painful. Like I said at the beginning, when you own a business, you want to grow that business. And it feels like the entire industry is still in the stop the bleeding phase rather than the recovery phase. Now, a big part of the pain for 2021 was losing spring break. Once we lost spring break, I knew the rest of the year was going to be rough because to make back what we lost from spring break would have required record-shattering business over the summer, and it was hard to see that happening. The other thing is that the pent-up demand theory in tourism never panned out at all. There was no moment when the floodgates opened and everyone who canceled their previous trips all showed up. Instead, it was a slow but steady return to travel. Even thinking about my own travel, in the before times, I would have gone on four or five trips in a year, a big one in the winter off-season, and then three or four shorter trips scattered throughout the year. If the pent-up demand theory were accurate, I would have taken ten trips this year, my usual five plus another five that I missed out during 2020. In reality, I didn't take ten trips. I didn't even take five. I just took the one. I think a lot of people are probably in the same boat as me easing their way back into the water, not jumping in and making a big splash. So, back to the question in the title of this episode. Is Washington, D.C. tourism coming back? Is it coming back from its lowest point? Yes. Is it back to 2019 levels? No. It's been slowly and steadily coming back, but it's not a big rush. For folks who aren't familiar with the history of D.C. tourism, we peaked in the year 2000, and then in 2001 the 9-11 attack happened, which, similar to COVID, was a huge gut punch to the tourism industry and caused a lot of people to cancel trips. It took nearly a decade for tourism to get back to pre-9-11 numbers. Now, the fear is that COVID might be another 9-11 moment, where we get hit and it takes a decade just to get back to square one. 
I certainly hope this is not the case, but we have to entertain the possibility. Triphex DC is still hanging on, as are many other tourism businesses. I think there was just enough government support during COVID to prevent a small business apocalypse, something that I really feared. But that doesn't mean that everybody made it. There are several tour companies here in DC that I know closed their doors or were acquired by even bigger tour companies. Most museums hung on, but not all of them. I never loved Madame Tussauds or went out of my way to recommend it to anyone, but it was still sad to hear that their DC location was a COVID casualty and has closed. The good news is that there are already some potentially positive signs for 2022. The National Cherry Blossom Festival announced that all events would be returning in person in 2022. This will be the first time since 2019 that many of these events will be held in person. And if that happens, then Triphex DC Tours should be able to capture spring break for the first time in years. I also feel like as people get comfortable traveling again, they will start traveling more the way they used to. I took one trip in 2021, but I certainly hope to take at least a few more in 2022, even if I do skip the big international trip. But I also have some worries and concerns. One of the best and the worst things about the Washington, D.C. tourism industry is that many of the big draws, the main attractions, are federal government sites. That's often great because a perk of the Smithsonian Museums, for example, is that they're amazing and completely free. No other city in the U.S. has anything close to such a unique thing. The downside is that these federal sites don't answer to us. They don't answer to the mayor. They don't answer to the tourism board. And for that reason, we, the local tourism industry, is often collateral damage in national politics. When there's a government shutdown, we suffer, even when every other city is fine. The Capitol Visitor Center has been closed for 21 consecutive months at the time I'm recording this. That's very bad for DC tourism, but ultimately we have no say in the matter. One of the things I said over the summer is that, whether they like it or not, the Smithsonian is really the linchpin of our tourism industry. When they're shuttered, tourism in DC suffers. We need them to be open. We need them to be open seven days per week. I really do worry we might enter cherry blossom season next spring and Smithsonian and other federal sites will still only be partially reopened. For 2022, I think there are some reasons to be optimistic, but I also feel like there are reasons to think that 2022 won't be a magical year, just like 2021 wasn't. Where I will leave this is by saying, this episode is going live on January 1st. There is an Omicron COVID surge happening on the East Coast right now and will almost certainly spread across the country soon enough. So January is probably going to be rough, and everybody's got to do what's best for them. And I totally understand if traveling is not in the cards this winter. But if you do eventually come to D.C. in 2022, come prepared. Check the vaccination rules. Make your reservations. Get your tickets. But come and have fun. Eat at local restaurants. See the sights with a local tour company. It's been 22 months since we started feeling the impacts of COVID, and I'm very grateful that there was PPP and other support programs that helped keep many small businesses afloat. But those programs are gone now. They're over. So if you value unique experiences when you travel, now is really the time to start showing it with your wallet. And I'm going to do it too. Wherever I go in 2022, I'm going to be doubly sure that every dollar I spend goes to a local company that's doing great things in the city where I'm visiting. 
If you made it this far in the episode, then I know you're a fan of Trip Hacks DC. So make sure you're subscribed in your favorite podcast app. I'll have an episode out soon about how I travel and tips you can pick up from a tour guide and travel industry insider. There are also over 30 episodes of the Trip Hacks DC podcast that you can listen to and plan out your 2022 trip. I also have almost 200 Trip Hacks DC videos on YouTube. Plus, I plan to continue doing live walks all winter long. So feel free to tune in and join me for any of those. And of course, when you actually come to DC, if you want me to show you around when you get here, you can sign up for one of those Trip Hacks DC private tours. And as I often say, enjoy your trip. Thanks for listening to the Trip Hacks DC podcast. To see the show notes from today's episode, get additional resources for planning your trip, or to book a Trip Hacks DC guided tour, visit triphacksdc.com.